and welcome back to the Restricted View podcast. Hello, everybody. I am Deborah. I am Chris. And as always, we have a great episode for you, full of you know tips and reviews and all sorts of good things. And actually, today we have after after two weeks of uh, lists, we have actually gone to show. So we have a brand new review for you. Yes, you won't know this, but this is we haven't recorded actually for a little bit because we've been busy. We've been going out most weeks. And seeing one or two shows. Yes, actually, this uh, this coming week, when you're listening to this, we are probably going to two shows. We have a two-show day coming up this week, which is very exciting. We haven't done that for a long time. One of our trademark double feature shows. Yeah, it's always usually a long day, but usually good fun. This will be a, it will be a long day, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, but yes, yeah, so we will have some more reviews coming up in the coming weeks as a result. Um, but we also, of course, have uh, one of our world famous tips. <laughs> world famous. We've got some news, um, of course, which for one, because we haven't recorded in a while, we actually have some slightly more breaking news than usual. Yes, and um, Chris is very excited about it. I am indeed. Um, <laughs> and we have, uh, we have, obviously, we have a discussion topic in our Fire to My Notes section, which will be slightly polarizing, we believe. Yes, but it's interesting to talk about anyway, and we'll be uh, looking forward to hearing what you have to say about it. Yes, as always, do go to the restricted dot view on Instagram and please do comment below on the episode's uh, photo. The episode's or, you know, post. on any photo, because we've been posting photos even when we don't have episodes. Mm. If, we, if, we, if we see something nice, we'll pop it up there. Indeed. Do please comment anyway and let us know what you think. But without any further ado, we're going to go straight on to this week's news. So this week's news is actually uh, re-news in a way. Um, this was actually uh, news that came out last year, but then was cancelled because of the pandemic. And I never, I had never known about I it. I think it was about January last year. So really last year, like over a year and a half so ago. So yeah, just before things got bad. Yeah. Um, and the news is that there is a very classic British sitcom, which is getting a stage adaptation. And it's not Fools and Horses. It's not only Fools and Horses. <laughs> only Fools and Horses, sorry. Um, which I still haven't seen, actually. Um, I've never seen that much of the TV show, so I've never been a huge fan of it as a result. But I w- I, 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 at some point, I plan to go is to it. it. Well, yeah, yeah, I think so. But um, th- this is... I'm definitely going to be going to see this, because this is an adaption of one of my all-time favourite sitcoms, and it is The Good Life. Yes. Um, I, I was introduced to The Good Life by Chris. I've seen all the episodes, um, you know, at, at the moment, and I have rewatched some of them as well. Uh, especially the Christmas ones, we kind of have this tradition of watching them at Christmas time, and it's definitely very good. I think it's uh, it's in, from the seventies, isn't it? Yeah, nineteen seventy-five. It was originally yeah, broadcast. So, so if you're going to watch it now, obviously some of the stuff is a bit dated. You know, there's some of the stuff that probably wouldn't live up to uh, our kind of new morals of twenty twenty-one. However, it's still a very good and very funny show. I don't think I don't I don't think it's a particularly problematic sitcom. No, no, I think I think there's some. <laughs> Some stuff that wouldn't get by today, you know, kind of some some sexist remarks and things like that. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah, um, that true, would not but... work today as well. But you kind of take it with a pinch of salt. It was filmed in the seventies, yes. uh, and you know we've come Indeed. we've come a long way. It's uh, it was uh, written by Bob Larby and John Esmond. Um, and this is the sitcom, not the play. The sitcom, yeah, and it it starred, of course, Richard Briers, Felicity Kendall, who's actually currently about to start performing in Anything Goes. Um, the late, uh, well, actually, sorry, I say the late um, Richard Bryan has also passed away a few years ago, very sadly. Um, it also starred the late Paul Eddington, who many of you might know from Yes Minister and Yes Prime Minister, who was taken for a co- who was a comic act taken from us far too soon, and of course the wonderful um, Penelope Keith was oh, also yeah. in it. 
Um, which uh, I think I, 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 actually that's probably going to be the biggest problem in a way with seeing the stage adaptation. I cannot see who is going to play Margot and live up to it. Yeah, I don't, right. It's, uh, I mean, all I think they're all inc- all four of them were fantastic in their roles, and all four of them were incredibly iconic. Yeah, I think, I and think all four of them will be hard to replace. Very much so. But particularly yes. Pen- Penelope Keith's um, Margot. Margot, yes. Uh, I think this is um, every everyone from the UK listening to this probably knows about this show. Uh, because it's such a popular sitcom in the UK, but if I think you so. if um, since you know so if if you're my friend listening from Brazil, do watch it because it's very good. Yeah, it's very very pleasant, very kind of wholesome. Very wholesome, yeah, um, it's very wholesome. Yes, it's, and it has some great laugh out loud moments as well as being just you know amusing and and uh, throughout. So it's about it's about a couple who basically decide to abandon the rat race mm-hmm. and just live off the land, <laughs> which is kind of very current in a way. Yeah, it is actually. The first episode is that is Tom's turning. Tom Good is turning forty, and he's not happy. Basically, he's like done with capitalism. <laughs> basically, yeah, and they decide to become self sufficient, which isn't particularly amusing in of itself. But they decide to do it whilst living in Surbiton. very um, posh area. In case you quite don't know. a posh area, yeah. So and and the, the whole uh, I remember one the the writers um, I think it was Bob Larby said um, um, that uh, the the reason it kind of he thinks it works is because they're really good friends with their neighbours. So their neighbours are kind of are even posher than they're they're, they're relatively posh people because yeah. they, well, they, you know they're well well, well off. off. But their neighbours, the Leadbetters, are very posh and very rich and and very proper. And and keeping pigs in their na- their neighbors keeping pigs in their garden is is not is absolutely a no no. Especially for Margot. But because they were friends, um, it, it creates this interesting dynamic. If they weren't friends, it would just be about neighbors arguing. Yeah. But uh, because the neighbors are actually friends with each other, it, it works really, it really, really well. It really does work, and it's a it's a lovely show to watch. It is, yeah, and I'm really excited about this. I don't know how it's going to work, but Rufus Hound is playing Richard. Sorry, not Richard Price. Playing Tom Good, uh, and I, I'm I'm actually quite a big fan of Rufus Hound. I find him very funny. Um, I think, and I think is this my bias talking? I think he's a good fit. I think he'll play. I think he'll work. Yeah. I think he'll I think play. So. He'll play. He'll definitely play it very differently, um, in many ways. But I also think he kind of has that childish sense of fun. That, yeah, that Tom, that Tom, that has, Tom yeah. has, I think he'll kind of uh, pull that off quite nicely. I think so. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I didn't know about it in, until a couple of days ago when the news came out. Because apparently, um, Catherine Parkinson, so if you've seen the IT crowd, it's Jen from the IT crowd. Uh, she is pretty successful and famous in her own right. She was going to play Barbara Good. Uh, but now this is this is news from uh, last year, and in this piece of news that we uh, read a couple of days ago, this is not um, it's not we, it doesn't mention her, so we don't know if she's coming back. But it'd be great if she did. Yeah, so uh, hopefully, I mean, I, I, I we've seen Catherine Parkinson in Home, I'm Darling. Yes, uh, on the West End, and she was rather good. Um, it, I was I've actually never been a huge fan of hers on television. Um, but I actually did then seeing her live in in maybe it's more her element on stage. I actually did quite enjoy her, and I would actually think she'd be quite good. I think at, she'd be at, quite at, good, at Barbara, Barbara yeah. as well. I think so. And then we we saw her in Taskmaster as well, and she was just uh, as clueless <laughs> as I would have been. You know, seeing her in Taskmaster because you get to see her really endeared her to me quite yeah. a lot. Oh, poor, um, poor woman in her masks. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah! Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, but yeah. So um, if you watch Taskmaster, let us know. <laughs> we can talk about that for ages as well. <laughs> Taskmaster the musical, make it happen. Um, but yeah. So the Good Life is 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 going to be a UK tour. It's in twenty twenty one, which is this year. Obviously, it's starting. It's starting in the Theatre Royal in Bath from seventh to the sixteenth of October. It's going to move to Cheltenham, to the uh, Cheltenham uh, Everyman from nineteenth to twenty third of October. It's going to move on to the Salford Lowry. 
uh, presumably named after Lowry. Lowry, the, the, art, the art, artist, uh, yeah, I presumably. So. Uh, so it's in the Salford Lowry from the 26th to the 30th of October, Oxford Playhouse 2nd to the 6th of November, Cambridge Arts Theatre from the 9th to the 13th of November, Malvern Theatre, uh, of theatres uh, from the 16th to the 20th of November, and the Richmond Theatre in London from the 23rd to the 27th of November. And actually, there is just one more. I thought that was the last one. It's also going to be in Chichester from the 30th of November to the 4th of December. And with the exception of a couple of uh, venues, which are not just saying sick tickets just yet, tickets are on sale. Uh, so it's only, it's only staying in each venue for about four or five days, it seems. So if you're interested, uh, definitely get booking uh, straight away. I think we'll probably end up booking our tickets as soon as we finish recording this podcast. Yes, um, most likely. But yeah, it's a wonderful, it's a really, look, we don't know if it's going to be a good sh- good show or not, but it's a it's based upon... Um, a really wonderful sitcom. It looks like it's going to have a good cast, and and I... it looks like the goat's going to be there, and you need <laughs> Geraldine to be there. You so. can't have the good life without Geraldine the exactly. goat. Exactly. So yeah, just definitely check it out, guys, and hopefully we will see you there. So this week's uh, review is of my, one of my well, newfound love of mine now. Hairspray. Oh, you've just given away your opinion. Yes, I know, but I'm too excited about it. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, so we saw Hairspray on opening night at the London Coliseum. Which is a lovely, lovely theatre. I love the Coliseum. Yeah, it's great It just always feels like an occasion. And lots of happy memories there. Yeah, exactly. Lots of great shows we've seen there. So we were there on the 21st of June, which was the first night they performed. And um, I don't know about you. I don't know how you feel about this, but I feel that... Um, everyone, everyone's spirits um, is very like they get gets very get get very excited. Everyone gets very excited, uh, especially after all this time with no theatre. So you can feel the atmosphere in the place um, to be very excited, very very. Um, I don't know, just kind of very emotional to be back. And I think just yeah, not yeah. not just the the audience, but also the actors. And this and was, was just very the first day. Uh, it was very evident at the end. It was very evident that. Uh, that the fact that the the audience were so happy to be there, and that the 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 the, the cast were also so happy to get the reception they did, and to yeah to welcome back onto the stage. Basically, yeah. hairspray was meant to this production of hairspray was meant to have opened on the twenty third of April, twenty twenty. So we actually never got to open last year, and it's it's such a you know it's a delight that it, just that an example of how now. fast time has gone. Yeah, it's been over it a year. It took over like a that. year for them to open uh, to actually be able to open. Uh, and they managed to keep most of the same cast, yeah. apart from um, Paul Merton, I believe. Yeah, Paul Merton was going to play Wilbur, and he was replaced by Les Dennis because of uh, uh, scheduling conflicts. conflicts yeah. uh, that, I, I'm, uh, Les Dennis was was rather good, actually, and he's played the role before, um, quite a while back, apparently. He's also done quite a lot of musical theatre. Um, Les has Dennis, he? yeah, he's done. He's not someone you associate with it, but he has actually done. He's tro- trod the boards quite a lot. And he's quite I, I, Les Dennis is quite likable. I quite like Les Dennis, but um, I was quite looking forward to seeing Paul Merton because I don't think because Paul Merton forgot because um, Wilbur is quite a um, happy, upbeat character, and Paul Merton I yeah, think soft and, and, edges character, and, and Paul Merton <laughs> forgot how to smile genuinely sometime in the nineties. So. Uh, so <laughs> His sarcasm. He's the most one of the most sarcastic comedians of all time, yeah. and um, and and 
<laughs> and I just was really fascinated been, to see. He would have been great, but Les Dennis did a great job as well. Yes, um, and it was it was such a you know so it was so great uh, to uh, see Michael Ball again, and he was uh, reprising his role as Edna on, on the Coliseum stage yet again. Yes, and he was, <laughs> he has played Edna Edna uh, Turnbull before. Turnblad. Turnblad. I always get it. I always think it's bold for some reason. Yeah. Uh, before and uh, he's it's just he's just great at it. Yeah, he's particularly good at uh, even even our friends we've mentioned before who one of who not are not a big Michael Ball. Turns fan. out it's just one one of them. But even one of the ones who doesn't <laughs> like Michael Ball, um, particularly says he he does like him in this role. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we, I, I had never seen Hairspray before. I actually uh, did some homework before going to the theatre and watched the film with John Travolta. Yes, I had seen that film back as a teenager. I didn't we... know what to expect. I obviously knew um, Good Morning Baltimore, which is, I think, the most... Well, You Can Stop the Beat is also very famous. You Can't Stop the Beat You Can't Stop the Beat is maybe eight to 9,000 times more famous than Baltimore. Really? Yeah, that, well, that's the I song. Think, I think that's the one I, I knew. Good Morning Baltimore, I think, is the one I knew, though. You Can't Stop the Beat is the one everyone knows. Uh, anyway, I knew those two. Uh, and then I saw the film. I really enjoyed the film. Obviously, it has some Hollywood moments that you probably wouldn't find on stage. Uh, and mm. it's a little different from the stage show. Um, it omits some of the numbers as well, I believe. Yes, yes, it does. There's some some numbers that are on the stage show that are not um, that are not on the um, on the movie. I believe uh, one of them is "Mama, I'm a Big Girl Now." Oh yeah, which I was surprised because I I was not expecting it, obviously, because you know it opens very similar to the film, and then um, uh, and, and then it goes to and some to songs number. are also d- in slightly different places in the running order. Yes, uh, you can hear, I can hear the bells true. was much earlier in the stage show. Yeah. Than it was in the film, um, but it was it, it works fine in both places, I guess. It definitely it doesn't does, make yeah. any difference really. Um, but yeah, so I mean, we so we had uh, obviously Michael Ball. We've mentioned Les Dennis. We've mentioned um, we had uh, Tracy was played by Lizzie B, I believe. Yep. Uh, and uh, she was before. she was very likable and uh, very endearing and very good. I really enjoyed her performance. Just like Tracy Turnblad needs to be exactly. Um, we had Marisha Wallace as a motor, was motor mouth, motor mouth. Is it? I think her that's name? her name. Yes, it's a, it's, one of, it's a bizarre character. They were going to check that up, um, but yeah, Marisha Wallace played uh, played motor, uh, played that 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 character. <laughs> I think I think her name is Motor Mouth, um, and we've seen her before in Waitress um, yes. at the Delphi Theatre. We actually saw Waitress I think four times, and we saw Marisha Wallace in every single. Time we never got the understudy. We always saw Marisha Wallace. Motor mouth, you're correct. Motor mouth, way, <laughs> that's right. Um, yeah, so so we've seen her multiple times in Waitress playing Becky, um, and she was pretty. She's always she's always very good. Um, yeah. If you remember in the uh, in the film, it's uh, Queen Latifah plays oh, yeah. her character, which I was surprised by. That film is full of famous people. So uh, Becky Becky in Waitress is not a particular. It's like it's not a great role for showing. I mean, it's, it's a pretty good role, but it's not a great role for showing off. She has one big number, but yeah. Uh, um, does she? She has one number, one solo. One solo in, in Waitress. I yes. Don't even remember that. I saw that four times and I remember that. She does. Um, but this definitely gave Michelle Wallace much more opportunity to show off her chops. And uh, and the audience loved her. The audience as, did as, love as, her. as she deserves because she was very very good. Yeah, she was very good. Um, in the role, I particularly liked uh, Seaweed. Uh, I think the actor was very good, uh, and you have his name written down. Ashley Samuels, it looks like. Yes, although it, I can't read my own writing he very was, well. He was very good, and he was a brilliant dancer as well, which is what you want to see. And then just to round out the main cast, we had Johnny Amies or Amies mm-hmm. as um, Link, who uh, seems to be. I think I think it might even have been his West End debut. Uh, he hadn't, he hasn't done a, particular, a huge amount before. He was pretty good though as well. Mm-hmm. And Rita Simons, who apparently is of EastEnders fame, but that means nothing to me. Um, <laughs> Played the uh, evil, I can't remember her name, the nasty woman who's a racist. Yeah. 
Um. She does. Yeah, and I, I like, I like, uh, she's played by Michelle Pfeiffer. It's uh, Velma von Tussle. In Thank the you. film, she's played by Michelle Pfeiffer. And she, uh, I actually think her song is, uh, it just sounds like a Disney villain song. I agree. She gives Cruella de Vil vibes. Very much so, which um, I enjoy. She's very was... panto villain, which uh, is kind of odd in a way, in some ways. So, so um, the plot of Hairspray is essentially about a, a young girl, Tracy Turnblad, who is, um, her, her, who's, yeah, she's lives in Baltimore. She loves the Corny Collins show, which is basically a dance, like a music and dance show, where um, a lot of, and a lot of the cast is made of local children. It's like um, teenagers. Yeah, teen- yeah, sorry, teenagers, and they they sing and dance basically. And that she loves going home and watching it and singing and dancing along. Um, this is the '60s, by the way. Yeah. I think that is very important because we have a lot of segregation happening in the USA. Well, yes, that's exactly. I was and about to get to that. Main, it's the main kind of drive of the plot, I it, think. It is, yes. Yeah. So black teenagers only get to, to partake once a month, um, and uh, the rest of the time they don't get to dance at all. And when they there's a scene when they're dancing in the school hall or something, and there's segregation, like they're literally dancing in two groups. Yeah. Um, and this, and uh, basically, so. Tracy wants to get on the show because she just really loves it. Um, and then she also becomes, ends up becoming a kind of a, a, an ally and an activist to yeah. the black community. Um, because, and she, she doesn't seem, she doesn't, she's not motivated. It's kind of interesting. She's not motivated by any, like she, she doesn't come across as, as being like, uh, it, it, it's not even something that, it's not even something that occurs to her that she, she just, she, she just wants to be integrated because she thinks that'd be more fun it's she's not even even particularly motivated by political a political angle she's kind Almost of she's kind of she's so pure about it that she's just like what why can't we dance together that makes no exactly. sense exactly that's so dumb she doesn't she, she hasn't uh i mean she i i guess she's seen the implications of the segregation but she doesn't understand them i don't think she has considered them deeply yeah but she is, and she's, she's a young girl like yeah, she's what, she, 16 but, or but so, it, but so i think hasn't. it kind of almost shows how um how I don't know, maybe how society corrupts people after they age, like how they're kind of more ease. Like there's no racism. The whole concept of ra- ra- yeah, racism, racism is, 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 a, is, is a con- exactly. It's a, it's yeah. a it's an invented it's created concept rather than being a natural thing. Because yeah. for her, it's just like I want to dance. I'm friends with them. They are brilliant dancers, and she thinks they are the best. Basically, and yeah, she, she wants she wants ever, to see yeah. them dance all the time, and she wants to, dan- to dance with them. Um, so she doesn't think about uh, you know why they shouldn't be dancing together. She doesn't understand that that's yeah. uh, why that's a thing. And it's a re- it's weird because it's a really lighthearted show, pretty much always, and yet has this undercurrent of this incredibly important and super you know deep and 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 current na- and and, and well. it, that's yeah that's the other thing I want to say. I mean because the other thing is because obviously in the in, in the whole current time of Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, the idea of segregation, even though this is the '60s, is more is just as current, if not more current than ever. Um, uh-huh. I mean, not specific. I suppose specifically segregation isn't current, but but the whole, but the you know, we still have the ha- all the all the uh, all everything that goes with the Black Lives Matter movement is incredibly apparent, current right now. Uh-huh. Um, and then also Tracy is uh, always deliberately cast as an overweight teenager. Uh-huh. Um, and and with, I think you know I think I think body shaming and uh, and and body positivity and all that is also incredibly current. Yeah, she never she never mentions not wanting to be the way she is. No, and she it's, she wants to be part of the show as she is. Yes, which is quite it's quite nice. And one of the things I remember noting when we saw the film the other day was uh, that her first song, "Good Morning Baltimore," is kind of the classic "I want" song from the from the uh, that heroes often give, protagonists often give at the start of a show. 
Um, but it isn't an I want song. It's actually an I am song almost. Mm-hmm. She doesn't actually want for anything. She's got a very simple life, but she's happy with it. Yeah. And I find that very endearing as well. That yeah. her song, Good Morning, her, her I want song is basically just, this is me. This is what I do every day. I go and to school. Where I live and I go, I go to school and I come home and I watch my favorite show and I dance to it. Oh, it'd be great if I could dance on the show. But if I do, it's fine. I love dancing to that home. And she has a good friend. She has a best friend. There's no conflict there. There's no friendship conflict. No. You know, there's no... No, you know, no, she... no forced rubbish like that. No. And it's just... It's just uh, and she's happy with her weight as well. Yes. She has... Bought, uh, she her, her mother, who's played by Michael Ball... Um, in a tradition started in the original John Waters film uh, that a man plays Edna Turnblad her mother is very self-conscious about her weight and and Edna sorry not Edna and Tracy is is really supportive and genuinely supportive and she doesn't say stuff like no one's going to care that you're overweight or no one's going to mention that you're overweight she's going to say why should you care basically just, they will they will yeah they might see it they might comment but forget that what, what, yeah it doesn't change anything you yeah. know it, you, being um, who you are so and it's, I think it's that's even... kind of the message as well in the end because um, Edna then sings you can't stop my happiness because I like the way I am yeah. which is such a such a great line in the and song. you also can't stop my knife and fork when I see a Christmas ham no you can't if you really. don't like the way that I look I just don't give a damn and it's really it's really good um, and, and I do like and that's why Tracy's I think Tracy's a, a, one of my favourite characters now from musical theatre because I think she is so genuinely um, pure and because like, I, I, I think I, I mentioned to everyone, sometimes when you see these characters, when you, you know, this is getting possibly get a bit deep in real life now. But sometimes when when people are supportive of their friends, they they they, I'm sure they're trying to be good, but they might lie essentially and say no, oh, no, no, no one's going to think you're fat, mm-hmm. right? But they probably will. But the point is that you shouldn't care because screw those people. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And that's the advice. And I really like the subtle difference that the advice Tracy gives her mother is not to care, not that people won't, that other won't people, people won't see. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. It's it's just it's such a feel good show, and I think um, it appeals to everyone, anyone and everyone. I think will enjoy this show. Yeah. Um, I don't really think. I mean, unless you don't like musicals, but I think it's just really good. Why are that. you here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, twice. But yeah, it's it's incredibly um, feel good, but with this really dark. Yeah, I mean, look, it talks about, it, it deals with lots of issues, and it's set in the 60s. I'm not quite sure when it was first written, because uh, it was first a film, wasn't it? It was a film by John Waters, originally. Yeah, so, it was a, um, a, non, a non-musical it film. Deals with, uh, it deals with uh, racism and segregation in the USA, and it deals with kind of body positivity and, like, fat shaming, um, and, you know, how, do you, how to overcome that. And I really like, um, and this is something, it's a, um, I read this book recently called uh, What White People Can Do Next. It's by Emma Dabry. She's an Irish-Nigerian academic, and she was actually, have I got news for you recently? Uh, I, oh, love yes, her. I, I, I love her, read her books. But basically, and she talks about allyship, and she talks about how we have to kind of move beyond that to coalition and find ways in which our lights and our fights are the same and i think hairspray does that because mm-hmm. you kind of find you find ways uh, things to fight for not not saying that one fight is necessarily uh, less important or more important than another fight and, and there are, there's a time for every kind of there's a time for every debate and for every conversation sure uh, not trying to erase anything but kind of joining forces against those who are oppressing us rather than um rather than kind of separating and trying to kind of... Rather than infighting. <laughs> yeah, rather than infighting, but also kind of segregating within the kind of the uh, the, the movement, you know? 
Yeah. Which is very interesting. It's a very good book, by the way. Very, very interesting. And also, I feel yeah. like Hairspray at no point tries to, dare I say, weaponize the 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 issues that it's using to to kind of cheat to get cheap applause, if that makes sense. So at no point mm-hmm. uh, that that amount that sense might have been confusing. Basically, at no point does Hairspray kind of just kind of stand on a soapbox and say and say racism is bad. Applaud us. You know, it's it, it, it it's which because that's dumb because it's obvious that racism is bad. And <laughs> you shouldn't you shouldn't applaud someone because they say racism is bad. <laughs> like, and I don't. And the show doesn't do that. The show the show is much more, um, I think, clever and subtle. Well, and, it shows you rather than tell you tells you. Yeah, I think, and that's that's the, chip, it so the mer- merit of the and show. It doesn't give me a vibe of hey, look at us, we're so virtuous. Yes, it doesn't give me that vibe, yeah, which sure. I think is really good. I think it's it's, it's genuinely portraying bad things and then the virtue of being against those bad things yeah and i think that's and that's why i like trace so much she is genuinely virtuous yeah i quite like the fact as well that we we move away we we avoid and i think hairspray avoids the kind of white savior uh theme there's so many of that like, it could have so easily fallen into because even though we are following tracy tracy is our main character she kind of joins the black community into like with their fights to be able to have more space on tv and to be able to like dance together they are when that time comes then they take center stage mm-hmm. and i think that's very important i think the show does that very well this brings me on to uh, i was uh on i suppose onto the area of um the film just to a certain extent the film mm-hmm. versus the um the, the, sh- the, the stage show because yeah. the one way in which kind of the stage the, the one way in which the stage show maybe does kind of fall into the white savior category a little bit i mean it doesn't actually it's not actually you know it's not that it falls in the white savior category it's just that the film made a change which i really like yes which yes. is that at the end of the show when tracy wins the miss hairspray mm-hmm. um oh, oh spoiler alert whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, a feel-good musical come on yeah um she wins the miss hairspray in the cha- musical in the musical in the film and uh, obviously because the first time we'd seen the show i assumed it the same way um, it's seaweed's little sister whose name I can't remember. Yes, she is the one who wins in um, the uh, in the film. She uh, who and uh, so so it's a, a black teenager who wins it. Um, and I th- it's uh, Prudence, I think. No, sorry, no, that's Benny's mother. Sorry, got confused. Prudence <laughs> got confused. Um, but yeah, so so seaweed's younger sister wins it, and I think that was so. It kind of I don't know. I really liked the fact that the that's that's. That when when the they all get to dance together on stage and this this young black girl is the best is you know basically is the best dancer everyone likes and everyone the phones explode the phone lines explode and everyone starts voting for her um, and she wins what's her name Ines looks like Ines little Ines Ines Stubbs yeah um, I really like that in the in the film version in the stage show there's none of that it's basically just a straight race between the uh, villain. I think and the difference Tracy. is that in the show, uh, the competition is between um, is between Tra- it's not be- like it's not open to all of the girls. Well, it kind of, yeah, is it not? I no, because in, in the counter, it, on, on no, stage, no, I know, I know, I know that I know the counter doesn't have all their names on. That doesn't actually that doesn't mean necessarily that. Sure, it's the- just but it, it just shows Ember and Tracy, right? Whereas in the film, you have all of the names. Yeah, yeah. And, and then and then you could potentially then include uh, Ines. But Inez wasn't on that board in the film either. No, I guess and she still wasn't. gets to it. Everyone so, just everyone I just think, calls up and says, "Oh, she's really good. I want her to win." Yeah. So whereas in the film they they add a, a kind of seduction scene yeah. with uh, Tracy's father and uh, Velma, which I thought was completely unnecessary. You did comment at the time. Why is this happening? I don't Why understand. Is this happening? What's because... her motivation for doing this? Exactly. How is this helping? <laughs> um, so this is a uh, this is not in the stage show, but then the film 
uh, the film just has has a different ending, a little a little bit of a different a different ending that I preferred. Um, but overall, I think that I think the music is is still the musical is still very good. Yeah, because also I, I like the, the they have the seduction the seduction sequence in the film is ridiculous, and then <laughs> and then it means that John Travolta and Christopher Walken sing "You're Timeless to Me" kind mm-hmm. of as a makeup song. Yes, and I much prefer in the show they're just they're just they're just love and they're just yeah. they're just, yeah. it's just it's just a, it's just a nice relationship um, that they have, and I prefer that. And also, I liked the fact that Les Dennis and Michael Ball kissed well, several mo- times, several times, several times. And I was really disappointed because the, when the first time they go to kiss. They they look like they're going to and they don't. Yeah. And I, I I went oh no I was I hope one of them wasn't like uncomfortable with it or something. Um, I don't know. They, they, uh, they, they, they weren't. No, they, no, <laughs> they weren't. It turns out they're just building up to kissing multiple times and making lots of amusing inappropriate jokes, which are very funny. Yeah, it's a great number actually. I, I took and they note pulled of, it off together. Well. I took I took note of um, a, a few of my favorite numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, I will obviously start with "Good Morning Baltimore" because I think it's such a great song. And as you were saying. It's almost an I am song rather mm-hmm. than an I want song. Even though I think she says she has a hunger for something she can't eat, which I love, which I love, and I understand. I think she she wants something more of life, but she she's at that age that she doesn't really know what she wants. Uh, so that's it's great, but in, and maybe that's why she she that's what she is, right? Uh, I love Welcome to the Sixties. I think it's a great number. It's good fun. I I keep singing it in my head. Uh, your time this to me is the other one yeah. that I took note because I love that. That's such a great number, and also obviously you can't stop the beat. Yeah, obviously. 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 Deborah's been trying to learn the dance for next time we go see it. Let me tell you, it's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy. If you want to go on YouTube and uh, you can find the actual choreographer of the UK tour mm-hmm. teaching you the steps, uh, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> it's so difficult. Maybe I'm just maybe I, I have two left feet. Who knows? <laughs> Um, we should probably talk about briefly about some of the uh, ca- specific cast members, sure. um, which uh, we've, we've been. I think we've been nothing but positive so far, haven't mm-hmm. we? This is my. This, this is the only neg- the only major negative I have is to do with one cast member, which is not. And it's not an attack on their performance overall. They were actually really good, but it's basically uh, so. So Trey, um, Tra- Lizzie B is that her name? Please, Trace. That's her name. Yes. Uh, I was so Tracy to me is meant to be the best dancer, pretty much on the stage, mm-hmm. and unfortunately she wasn't. Because uh, the whole point is Tracy gets on the show because she's such a good dancer. And obviously Lizzie B is a good dancer. Obviously, that's why she's on the stage. But she's unfortunately surrounded by people who are better than her. Um, so um, the guy playing Link, the guy playing Seaweed was an incredible dancer. Yeah. Um, and right. uh, she she basically... She, so Lizzie B was, gave a fantastic performance as Tracy. Very likeable. But unfortunately, um, she doesn't stand out as being a significantly better dancer than her colleagues. And just as, you know, just plot wise, that kind of she's meant to be. So, um, yes, I thought that too. And then I, I've been thinking about it, right? Because in the actual stage show, there is no mention of her being the best dancer. This is the case. That's true. This is the case in the film. Okay. In the stage show, she just says, "I want to go on the show." She tries and she auditions, and then she, she is they 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 have her because she is so likable. Uh, so I don't know. I, I I I I'm with you, and at the same time, I don't know how much of it is kind of like pre-constructed in my head from, from the, the film. film. Yeah. Um. So yeah. And don't get me wrong; she is a good dancer. I yes. I I was just hoping that she'd be significantly better than kind of everyone else. Well, not not everyone else, but like. Than the the rest of the, of the female chorus in particular, sure. I suppose. Sure, yeah. So I don't. I mean, look, it was also the first night, so we don't know. We'll, we'll see it again. Soon, yeah, hopefully. we're seeing we're seeing it again in a few weeks, so uh, we can uh, we can we can give you yeah, an updates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we talked about Les Dennis already. He was very good. Wish I'd seen Paul Merton as well, but 
c'est la vie. Uh, Michael Ball obviously was fantastic. I didn't even realize it was, Michael, it was Michael Ball at the start. Chris was just like, oh, we're not getting Michael Ball. And, and just, <laughs> yeah. But it, it is Michael I guess, Ball. I guess, and we weren't that far away. I guess he was just doing, he was playing the, he was he was in character enough. He that was, I was, uh, I was temporarily, very good Edna Tumblr. I was temporarily fooled that it was actually. It's definitely him. Um, we talk about Rachel Wallace. Obviously, she gets a, she got a standing she ovation. She got a standing ovation mid show, which, which I don't approve of, for the record. <laughs> but I think it was a combination <laughs> of being a very emotional number, uh, and I think being such a. I I don't times. I, I don't, don't think, as wonderful as she was, I don't think it was so much her getting a standing ovation as the Black Lives Matter movement getting a standing ovation. That's fine. I'm, I'm no, of course it. I know. I'm, no, I'm just I'm just saying. Yes, I sure. don't. I don't. I, She's thinking I, about, I, about the uh, about I think the plight. Had an act, know, had, and... had a singer with ha- half as good as Marisha Wallace sung that. That uh, I uh, that I think I think it still would have gotten a sign. Oh, I don't think so. I think she was very emotional. I think, emotional. It was the I, think I think she it was it was definitely the message. But I also think she brought a lot of feeling. And she was really good. It. At, she was yeah. really good. But yeah. um, but I do think she pe- brought the song alive. I, I do think people were applauding the the song. Yeah, sure. in our current times, rather than necessarily. But her I think that's a very interesting kind of zeitgeisty moment. Mm. So it's it's it's. I wonder. I wonder if this is the case every night, because as we said as well, uh, this was yeah, the I'll first be performance. To see if it happens again. This is the first performance. Uh, everyone's, you know, everyone's. It's very excited. So it's a bit different. Uh, Rita Simons, is that her name playing? Simon Cruella de Vil. Yeah, I, yeah. So I, I, I I'm, yes. a, I'm not a big fan of her number. I think her number is a bit too. And I also don't like because she is freaking evil. Oh yes, I, and I don't like, I don't like that. She, she says like some nasty things um, as puns, like super racist things as yes. puns. And it's almost weird how subtly, like she is, like. Completely, unbelievably yeah. racist. Yes, I, I was actually like she to hates that. black people because like, she is awful. Yeah, so I was saying that the show kind of it does it does move away from the white savior, mostly, uh, you know, fairly competently. However, her end because she gets a happy ending. This character gets a happy ending. She gets yeah, a promotion. She, she gets a promotion to manage kind of like the the, the black women's hair products. Yeah, that's her. That's and her. That's her me, penalty. But that, her to penance. me, that was horrendous. To me, that's yeah, actually yeah. something that needs to be changed, especially uh, considering the history that black women have with hair uh, and again go read Emma Debris because um, <laughs> she has a book about it uh, but yeah so I think especially considering that I think it's such a this is this is literally culture, cultural appropriation that's what it is Cause and then that's what she gets at the end that's her that's her punishment but it's not actually a punishment because no, she's in not. a position she's, of she, power exactly so I think they should move. I, I, I'm all for her daughter to be redeemed because she's a teenager and she's kind of copying her mother I can I can see that there's some way for but redemption. she isn't even and, she, and weird enough she's redeemed in the stage in the film a bit because she starts dancing with a black and uh, they do teenager. they do too in the in the stage oh, on the stage yeah yeah, yeah. she she's she well they daughter, all they all start they all start swapping partners um, at the end at the yeah, end. yeah but, but I, I do I, think that the Velma Velma's character should not have had that ending no it's insane and like I said because it's weird because she's the only like like what's the word like um deliberately intentionally calculated racist in the whole thing yeah everyone else is like 
is is who I mean no no one else kind of makes nasty comments. No, even the host the... Corny Collins, the host of the show, wants to integrate his show. The producer is kind of the other one. He's he's kind of like But he's he, after money. He, he just wants money. Yeah. He doesn't care. He'll he'll integrate or not integrate, whichever gets him more money. Yeah. Uh, he's um exactly. which doesn't which obviously doesn't make him a good guy. He's not he's not for No, inter- but he's, he's not, not played as he's not he's not portrayed as completely racist. He's just well he I just guess. He, he is that he is. He'll be racist if it makes him money. Well, yes. <laughs> he's he's motivated by greed, Quite. not not racism, which is bad, but I suppose not not quite as bad, maybe. Anyway, he, he but even he he's still he's still um he's still playing a societal role, yeah. right? She is racist because she just she just hates. Yeah. Clearly, you can because she says such awful things and and oh, and she is she is also fat phobic, all yeah. throughout. She fat shames uh every like Tracy. She fat shames Edna. Yeah, she's one of the nastiest so human beings. Like, and that's the other thing. Like I said, most every, no other character is remotely as evil. Is everyone else? Everyone, like I said, every, every all other depictions of racism are societal and systemic, right? Mm-hmm. As opposed to calculated hate, which is what she is. Yeah. And it, I find it weird that in such a in such a feel good happy show, you've got you've got a character who is so freaking evil, who gets a happy ending, and who gets this weird Disney panto villain style song. Yeah. I'm like no, that I didn't like. So I didn't like that song sure, because like because like you're not you know you're not you're not you're not you're not Cruella de Vil. I enjoy I enjoy well I enjoyed the song uh, uh, well because it it's very very early in the show and I think it, the, the song's quite fun. Well, she's already said but I don't even want to. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's I don't even want to repeat it because it's not. It's, no, it doesn't, no, it doesn't no, have no. any slurs or anything. But I still don't want to repeat it because it's just nasty. No, she she is horrible. Uh, but yeah, so, so I I like I like the I, what I think I like is just the fact that it seems like a Disney song. And Disney villain songs are usually fun. However, yeah, that, that's why I don't like it because it's making enough. it's making light of like she's one of the worst villains. That's true. She's one of the worst humans in musical theater. You changed my mind about it now. That's <laughs> true. It's I mean, true. I'm sure because musical theater generally speaking doesn't deal with super dark topics. I'm trying to think. No, when usually like, name a musical theater villain who's a, who's like a, who's a, like who you'd who you would who you would um what's the word like cast out of the room before her. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> probably wouldn't have Phantom in the room, but he's not really a villain. He's just just well, yes, weirdo. I'd rather have the Phantom in the room with me than her. Because oh, if he's in the room with you, he can't do very much to you because he does it when you're not seeing. Just, just keep your hand, <laughs> just keep your hand at level of your eyes, and you'll be fine. Yeah, no, I I, I was disappointed her, that she had. I know. Look, it's a her, it's a throw. It's a kind of throwaway sentence. Someone says that she got this job, yeah. and she she and she kind of reacts to it. Oh I was no! I'm gonna have to manage black women's products. Like what? Yeah, <laughs> I I was disappointed. Uh, I don't think she should. I I, I think, I, as as a, I was even thinking that usually when you have uh, villains in musical theater, you usually they, they usually are redeemable. To like not not necessarily that they they become good people, but they 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 do something that is a good thing. She doesn't even get that. She she doesn't even have the moment of no, saying. No, she's not taught the other oh, ways. Oh oh oh! It's actually a good thing. Maybe even at the end, even if she just said oh. It's actually a good thing they're dancing together. There's, yeah. no, there's nothing. That is nothing. Yeah, and I think I think the the the, the, the overall tone of the show, ma, ma the overall tone of the show masks just how we, you you will sit through that entire show, and if you don't think about it afterwards, you will never have re- you, you you may well not have noticed or realized just how terrible she is. Yeah, that's true. And I think so. So as a result, I wasn't keen on her. I I, I, dis, I disapprove of her portrayal. Yeah, and the and her ending. Yes, as well. Um, is it is it the case in the film as well? I can't remember if um, can't Michelle Pfeiffer. No, no, she, she gets sacked. She gets sacked. She gets though. sacked. Yeah. See, so the film. I mean, the film did some some good things. 
And yeah, John yeah. Travolta's pretty good in it. The film, yeah, I said it. Phil made some positive changes and some negative changes. Yes. Um, but uh, yeah, oh, that, that's the one that's... Yeah, anyway. Anyway. That's the big one, yeah. Uh, but I think overall... Um, I think I can, uh, have have we got to this bit? Do you want more? Yeah, you know, yeah, no, think, oh, 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 yeah, no. But that's like uh, we've been we've been incredibly positive. We've had one negative about kind of the right the actual show itself, the script, I guess, about how it deals with its villain. Um, it's not to no fault of the actor, right? No, of course it's not. A, of course you know, not. it's just I think the way the script is. I think everything considered, considering it, they're, they're, it's a new production. Uh, they could have changed that. I feel, yeah. especially her ending. You want to keep like if you want to keep everything as is throughout. Maybe finish and change her ending. Yeah. Maybe just sack her. You know. Yeah. Just yeah. Because because uh, and musicals do sometimes make changes from films and such. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that would be a very good change just to just to give her a bad ending. Yeah, give her exactly. Bad give her a bad she ending. deserves a bad ending. She's and give awful. us and give us a clearer visual representation of her daughter leaving her mother's uh, views behind her. Oh yes, because that's another thing as well. Because uh, uh, Penny, you know Tracy's best friend, mm-hmm. she also kind of steps away from her mother. But her, and her mother accepts that at the end as well. Yeah. Well, yes. So, so we have this because we have a lot. There's a lot of a lot of kind of mother daughter, uh, you know, kind of moments in this show. And uh, oh, and, there's a whole number about. But yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, you mentioned yes, that. Yes. Yeah, the one that. is the one that's not in the film. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a good one. Which is a great number. Um, but it, it. So it's it's. Penny has this movement. Makes this movement as well as moving away from a mother who's kind of very puritanical almost and very proper. And she wants Penny. Penny wants to dance and she wants to. And Penny, uh, you know, f- falls in love with. C- so we have an interracial couple uh, going on there and, and, and her quite, mother I, kind of accepts it and she because her mother is just it's kind of small-minded but not never quite openly racist as um velma no she's no no, no exactly she prudence is is um is a member of a racist society and she acts like and, it and that's that's actually a really good example than, of what i was kind of the difference yeah. i was making between she and therefore she's not irredeemable mm-hmm. um and because it's a feel-good show, obviously she's redeemed very easily and quickly. Presumably, in real life, people who have been, you know, who have been conditioned to think that way. Would she take, changed take her daughter to the bed, but you know, that's, yeah, <laughs> which is which is quite amusing. It's quite funny. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, and then and I, I also want to mention that Marissa Wallace's uh, character, Mo- uh, Motormouth, uh, at one point uh, says because uh, she's Seaweed's mother. She she does she comments. Um, I can't remember exactly what the quote is. It's something like, "You better be prepared for a whole." Parade of judgment or something coming at a you. Whole from a whole lot of stupid. From from a whole from a never ending parade of stupid or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. It's um, you know, so they kind of they kind of they kind of, they don't they 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 don't really address the fact that they're gonna have that they don't massively address the fact that interracial couples gonna have a tough time. But they do they do no, it's, they uh, do pay lip service to the, to the fact that this is not gonna be easy for them. No, because because this is the happy ending. We don't get to see afterwards. Exactly. Uh, so exactly. we get that they're happy now. They will be. They'll have they'll have trials and tribulations afterwards. Yeah. But this is for a different show. But overall, I'm assuming from the lack of mostly lack of criticism, you can tell we highly recommend highly recommend it oh my goodness yes i as as i said before uh, i watched the film before going to the show and then went to the show and now i cannot stop listening to the soundtrack i'm obsessed i'm obsessed if we were to use a star rating system which of course we don't but always <laughs> but always but always say we don't and then say what our hypothetical rating would be which means that we get to have a rating system whilst not having a rating system i i this would be this would be uh for me here's the thing i did give this a standing ovation at the end but the reason i gave it a standing ovation was because um, I felt I couldn't stay in my seat at the concept of seg- of of, in- of integration, yes. so I was I, I gave a standing ovation to the con to the to the depiction of integration. The show itself is actually a five star show for me, <gasps> but just falls 
just falls below because as I think I've mentioned before, maybe we should give we should have a whole topic talking about standing ovations one day. Standing ovations to me are super precious and they should be given out incredibly sparingly. And I just I just and and I think the comment I made to Deborah was I can't see Michael Ball sing anthem on that same stage and then give this a standing ovation. Yes, I disagree with you in that particular sense. I think there's different types of standing ovations and there's different types of, you know, five star shows. Um, but yeah, this if, if to me to me to me uh, standing ovation is the highest praise. We might I can have give. to just start I'm one, our I'm, shows. <laughs> I'm, one, I'm one step. I would I would give it five stars, but without a standing ovation. That's what I would give. Okay, okay, okay. I I I mean I I would give it a five five stars as well, and I would be happy to stand up. Especially. But you gave it a standing ovation immediately, didn't you? Yeah. 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 And and you know you can't really stay on your seat because there's dancing involved. And you can make you can make yourself look a fool by not knowing the we steps. We did we did try to dance a bit at the end. <laughs> yeah, I learned one of the steps, so you know, watch this space. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think yeah. So um, so hairspray is at the London Coliseum until it's until the 29th of September. So you have some time to go see it. Yes, and we absolutely recommend you do if you yeah. have any if you've any take if any give any credit to our opinion. Go check out Hairspray. Definitely. I mean, we have tickets to see it again. And I'm already thinking of going to see it a third time. Yeah. So that's, that's the type of show it is. I think if I was a betting man, everyone place your bets now. I think Deborah's going to see this five times before yeah, that, it closes. Yeah, that's, that's my bet as well. Deborah, <laughs> Deborah, Deborah, Deborah has several friends she goes to see shows with, with without me as well. So I think she'll take several of them to the to the Hairspray. It, highly likely. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, let us know what you guys thought of Hairspray if you do get to see it. And we really think you should. And restricted dot view on Instagram. Let us know what you think, guys. So, uh, if you've been checking out our Instagram page recently, you will have seen that we went to the Harrowpinter Theatre a few weeks ago to see Walden, which is a new production. Uh, we obviously didn't review it here because it was a very short run. Uh, it's actually part of the reemerge um, season. By Sonia Friedman, I believe. We did give it a very short uh, written review on our Instagram page. Yeah, we're hoping to do that to other shows that we get to, that, that we, we see and don't review here. Mm. Uh, so this is to say that we have been at the Harry Potter Theatre recently. And today's tip is to do with that particular theatre. And especially uh, to do with accessibility. Mm-hmm. Because for the first time, and we were very lucky. I mean, we're called Restricted View, but for the first time, we were sit- we were not in the stalls in that theater. This is very, very posh. Uh, <laughs> we were in the dress. Circle. We were in the dress circle. Um, uh, you know, and, and it was the first time we went uh, to the dress circle uh, at the Harrowpin Theater, and we noticed that there are no toilets on that level. Whatsoever. No toilets whatsoever, and this is a problem. <laughs> if it you is. are like me, this is a problem. And it's particularly a problem because the dress circle is actually at street level. Yes, exactly. So uh, the first, uh, the first thing that occurred to me when we were kind of, uh, you know, brainstorming what we were going to talk about today was just the fact that if you're going to the pinter go to the toilet first and then get your seat, especially during COVID because you want to get, you know... Yeah, because there is a much longer... Cause longer there's, longer queues. There's a huge rush for toilets. And exactly. You to, and you're, obviously, you're trying to social distance. So there, there are toilets in the stalls and there are toilets in the upper circles and balcony as well. Yeah. But there's not enough. The Harrowpinter full stop is short of toilets. It is. It was not, it's not as bad as some of the theatres I've been to. But, but it's not it, good. But it's not great. No. 
it is a very small old theater, so you know we kind of understand. But you know, maybe, maybe, maybe it's time to add more <laughs> more stalls. Yeah. Uh, so, any- so as a generic tip, it's just be aware of that, and uh, maybe if you're, you know, maybe uh, if you're between the dress circle and the stalls for the same price tickets, maybe get the stalls so you can access yeah, stalls more easily. Um, if if that's something that matters to you, but especially now because we have some different kind of guidelines to go to the theater. Maybe make sure to go before you take your seat so you don't have to keep coming up and down. You know, sometimes people get, like to take their seats and then go to the toilet. This is one of the ones that you should probably yeah. go before. Uh, but I think the other thing is as well that if you're going to, if, if you are, if you have mobility issues, mm-hmm. maybe, I, I mean, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's hard to know what you do. Probably sit in the dress circle. Um, you will presumably sit in the dress circle yeah. because first of all, it's street good, first level. of all, it's good seat. Second of all, it's, it's accessible. It's got is that street level. Yeah. You don't so be aware of that. So maybe not get stuck because usually people think I, I I I do. I know I do think of the stalls as being more accessible, but in, definitely not the case. Uh, yeah. Every every time. And as a result, because obviously they have to have bathrooms accessible for all. Um, what the help in the theater seems to have is they seem to have an agreement with the Strada restaurant across the street. Um, for so people from the dress circles can from dress circle can use can use that those bathrooms. I assume they only offer that to people with with um, mobility issues or dis- disabilities because we were certainly not offered the opportunity to use no, that. No, yeah, yeah. Um, but because uh, so it's ju- a lot of steps it, yes. going up and down if you were to go to the stalls oh, yeah. or the or the um, or the dress circle. And it's something to be aware, circle, just something to be aware of. If you if you are someone who has a disability or any kind of mobility issue and you're going to be obviously you're going to you're going to prefer it's in the dress circle at the Halpin Theatre because it's a street level uh, you will either be faced with stairs up or down to a bathroom or you will, the or you'll have to leave exit the theatre and cross into a into a restaurant and that's and just something to be aware of because that might be something that would frustrate you or uh, or just yeah just just a, just a pain is it just a bit yeah yeah definitely like um, if you have a broken leg for example even not not necessarily even wheelchair but you know if it's something that just uh, restricts your movement yeah. in any way but for this re-emerge season um certainly for walden i believe for the whole for the for the for juvere which is open now there's no interval mm-hmm. so if you if you're coming from a cafe or you're coming from a restaurant or something just go there yeah. and then take your seat and you don't <laughs> yeah. need to worry about it because there is no interval you're just gonna you're just gonna see the show with an empty bladder and all will be well yeah um, but yeah just definitely something to be aware of uh, particularly if you have mobility issues of any kind yeah, they also have lots of pillars at the Pinter, so also when you're buying tickets, especially in the <laughs> stalls, just be aware because they do sell tickets literally behind yes. pillars. Uh, avoid them or maybe buy them if they're like five pounds. I don't know. No, no. We've mentioned before that restrictive view sometimes means pretty okay and sometimes it means literally can't see. Yeah. So yeah, the bonus the bonus <laughs> the bonus Harold Pinter Theatre fact is if if it says behind, if it says view may be obstructed by a pillar, it will be. Do not buy it. <laughs> You're going to be looking at a pillar, yep. and then nothing else. <laughs> and look, I'm sure pillars sometimes are better than certain place. I'm not saying it isn't the case, but. That's not what you want if you're going to pay for it. Uh, most things we've seen in the Harold Pinter Theatre have been pretty good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a, it's it's a, it, it pains us to say these things about theatre that I particularly like so much because I have fond memories of the theatre, but it has its shortcomings. It it definitely does, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, so uh, just keep that in mind, guys. If you ever go to the Harold Pinter Theatre. So this week in our far too many notes section, we are talking about a topic which we've I think we've touched upon in the past, mm-hmm. and so we're going to jump into a bit more detail. Although we're not entirely sure how to tackle this topic, the topic is stunt casting, which is definitely a yeah, it's definitely a topic worth hashing out um, in the world of theatre. Stunt casting is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Well, it's a bad thing. And that's the end of the... No, I'm joking. That's the end of the podcast. <laughs> I'm joking. As a stunt, what is stunt casting? Stunt casting is basically when 
directors and casting directors cast and producers and, yeah usually cast somebody because of who they are and not what they can do that's probably the best way of putting it yes um so but sometimes who they are and what they like so so the casting sometimes is matched so t- sometimes they're famous and they're good but that's not always the case well yeah because so so whatever and i were actually kind of having a pre-discussion about this and uh trying to kind of define what we were talking about with stunt casting because for example um uh you've never brought up the the the, the brendan, top, brendan urie being cast in kinky boots brendan urie is a singer by trade he's a damn good singer as well um and lots of musical theater actors aren't actors they're singers first and then they you know i mean michael ball wasn't an actor to begin with so you know by that logic michael ball being cast in anything is stunt casting but obviously it's not he's a musical theater actor now that's what he does mm-hmm. um brendan urie is a fantastic singer he was cast in a musical i think that's fine personally um Stunt casting to me is more when someone hasn't got any of the talents or, or isn't it hasn't got any of the because it hasn't got the training nor the experience to to, to do something that they're, they're, now, mm-hmm. they're now doing. As I said, when you're cast because of who you are, not because of uh, not because of what you did, not because of what you can do. So it, so even if you're even if you do technically have the the ability and the talent, if you're if you're being cast because of who you are, it's still stunt casting. Yeah, um, and I think I think it's quite complicated, and you probably have more to say about it than I will, uh, in the in the sense of, there are, I mean, there are so many people out there who have had years of training, mm-hmm. uh, and can't get jobs, and often are very yeah. talented, but they are not famous. They don't have a following. And there are so many famous pop artists who can't hold a candle to the vocal performance of some random guy who went to the Guildford, Guildford School of Acting. You know? Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and and then those people don't get... I mean, look, I am going to admit that I have been guilty, and I'm sure we'll be guilty in the future again, of going to the theatre to see a, an actor I like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've all done it. Um, and this is, this, is just, this is just the way it is. Uh, this is why they do it. They do it because it means bums on seats. That's what it means. People will go to the theatre to see the actor they like. However, it can be very disappointing when they're not good, <laughs> and that does happen. And that's why you can argue it's a good thing for the theater for theater in so financially if it gets bums on seats. But is it a good thing for theater if you get suboptimal performances because of stunt casting? No, I don't think it's good. It is a bad thing for the art of theater if you if you cast someone simply because of who they are. In mm-hmm. my opinion, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I've I've done it as well, um, I guess. But uh, but. Um, I think, generally speaking, I try to, I try to avoid going to see stuff just because of who's in it. Yeah, I mean it's it's hard, and uh, I think one of the things that we uh, that comes to mind is uh, usually <laughs> both both musicals and plays they get uh, they get film actors, yeah, people who have never done anything but cinema, and who are very famous. And I think film acting is very different from theater acting. I haven't done either, so I can't really confirm. But I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure it is the case. They're very different. Um, you have, you, it's different. It requires different skills from you. Um, so I do think that that's, it, comes, it ends up being a problem. Um, we saw, a few years ago, uh, we saw Chicago. In, I can't even remember what theater it was. Is it the uh, Phoenix? It was the, yes, it was, it was the, the Phoenix. Phoenix. Yes, uh, on Charing Cross Road. We saw Chicago, which uh, 
well, look, for example, Chicago is a film I really like with actors who are not really singers. And I think it's actually a pretty decent film. However, the actual stage show one. I mean, look, this is not a review of Chicago, but I'm just going to say it. Uh, it's not great. <laughs> Well, we weren't, uh, we weren't particularly keen on the show full no, stop. No, exactly, but, but, and, but, and but, it's but, a very, it's a very kind of. But maybe if we'd seen it better, I mean, the, basically what Deborah's dancing around is that Cuba Gooding Jr., the Oscar-winning actor, played oh, I can't remember his name because I don't care about the show, um, yeah. played the, the male, played, his name? played the, the male lead, and he was appallingly bad, yeah. appallingly bad. Um, it, 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 like, he, it bewildered me how 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 his acting was was terrible, and he, really, he there was a moment which really betrayed the fact that he's a film actor, not a TV actor, where where something something went wrong basically, and he just pretended it didn't happen, uh, which is which is because obviously in a film, if you if you if you're recording a scene and something goes wrong, you the director will, it was a wardrobe malfunction. Yeah, the director will say cut, and they'll try again. If it happens, hello. Our cat is saying hello to you all. Um, if if something goes wrong at a stage show, however, you have to keep going. So the best thing to do here, if it's he's holding a note. The best thing to do is to is to acknowledge what happened. So yes. and 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 Cuba Gooding Jr. literally. So his, well, there are two things, right? You either acknowledge it or you ignore it. His cu- his cuff. No, you don't ignore it. You acknowledge it. <laughs> his cuffling went flying when he gestured with his hand. And he, he 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 paused for maybe a second and a half, and I could see the cogs turning in his head, panicking as to what to do. I am and cringing then, a little bit. And just then he just it. continued his sentence and ignored the fact that his that his 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 uh, cuff was now flapping. It was the funniest thing, and and any stage actor worth their salt will will would will know what will I mean there's not, there's not a whole lot you can do but just 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 be like oh oh blast or something it's not you know say can be, be contextually appropriate to your to the period and the and the character and acknowledge and then and then and then do up your instead of instead of moving your hand at a 45 degree angle to the right as you rehearsed instead Get, grab, get, grab your cuff and 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 fold it up because that's what a that's what a gentleman will do if they're cuffling. I mean, best case that thing to do actually. I mean, the cuffling I think went flying off stage. Best thing to do is to pick the damn thing up. Yeah, and I actually think that probably the person he was doing the scene with should probably have picked it up because it went they, their way. Yeah. As, just... as 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 anyone would do. Like if someone is something is something that someone's wearing come, kind of falls your way, you're gonna pick it up and hand it to them. Yeah. But I think his reaction, the fact that he stopped. Looked at it. He looked at his its trajectory yeah. off stage, and then kept so kept do kept you know kept up with his line. I was just like, no, don't do that. That's so cringe. But um, and it, I mean, his acting full stop was pretty poor. It because was because he's a film. Yeah. He, presumably, he gets unlimited takes to to nail his Oscar. I mean, if you've watched uh, all the um all the extra content in the Lord of the Rings DVDs, you'll know how many takes they do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like it's it's um. Yeah, he he's bad full stop, and also he's a really terrible singer. Yeah, like, he's a terrible singer, and I, and it was genuinely pathetic. At one point, he holds a note for I don't know five seconds, um, and and the note is incredibly shaky. I'm not even sure it was the right note. It sounds awful. It was unpleasant to my ears. And one of the one of the, the poor girl, I feel so sorry for her. An boy, actual yeah. proper musical theatre actress. Was clearly told by the director to kneel down, pre- raise her arms as if you know presenting 
his 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 sustained note and then gesture towards the audience to start applauding and try to start applauding herself to try to get the audience to applaud this applaud to applaud this sustained note which was trash it was it was uncomfortable to watch because it was like it was like someone it, it, it was like someone um you know i don't know like a grown adult making a painting of the quality of a four-year-old and then and then gen- and then and then their friends genuinely seeking to make people applaud for them it was yeah it was embarrassing it was it was it was, it was yeah basically it was it was absolute trash art perform uh, shown and then and then other people which were had been paid to try and get you to think to claim the art was good it was it was so bad it was yeah. I, I felt uncomfortable it was it was almost surreal the way um the way I suddenly was super aware, it, it, it actually shattered the the illusion of the stage in an instant. It broke the fourth wall very much. Well, the, the, the fourth wall was deliberately broken by yeah. her asking for the applause, but the the suspension of disbelief was totally gone. Yeah, like it, it, in an instant, I was aware that I was. In, I, I I kind of so, suddenly, my, it's very hard to explain. My peripheral vision suddenly opened, and I could suddenly see. All the other audience, because you know you get tunnel vision on the stage in a good show, and I could in an instant I could see everyone else in the audience. I was like, oh yeah, I'm sitting, I'm sitting in a theater, watching a bunch of people be terrible. <laughs> it was, it was. Oh my god, I can't get over how. So how- that's. Uh, one of the reasons why stone casting is bad, yeah. isn't it? Because Cuba Gooding Jr. should have his Oscar taken away from him. That's how bad he was. <laughs> I, I haven't seen the film he won the Oscar in, but yeah, maybe he's a good. Maybe he's good. Good in that. He was not good. He was not. He's not a musical actor. Um, he was not good in that particular production. Uh, maybe he was good on a different night. I don't know. No. 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 <laughs> no, no not no, giving no. him the benefit of the doubt. Of course no. not. Nobody can be that bad. And and not always be that, but like oh my god, he he can't sing and he de- and he can't act live. Yeah, he was appalling. And I mean, look, his uh, Chicago is not the only show to do this. Uh, it's become a new trend now to also have uh, YouTubers yep. on stage. Um, is this bad? Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, they're not actors. Of course, it's bad. But I mean, what if they want to become actors? I don't know. Well, then they should. Then they, the, the the first step isn't to get. On a West End well, stage. Well, quite. Yes, I, I, I'm with you there. I am with you there. Uh, Joe, Joe Sugg was for some reason casting Waitress. I don't know why. Yeah, we also, uh, I think Tanya Tanya Burr as well did a play at the Southwark Playhouse, which I we didn't see. We didn't see John, Joe Sugg or Tanya Burr, but uh, she got really bad reviews for her acting. Not only the play got bad reviews, like she also got bad reviews. She got like panned for her acting. Yeah, which is bad. <laughs> and she apparently is trying to be a proper actress so we'll see how she how she gets on um but yeah so i think i i mean i i feel i i haven't studied theater and i haven't that's not you know my my it's not it's not what like what i do but i think i would be really upset if i saw people taking roles that i could have had that's the problem it's it's stunk that's the pro that's the main problem with stunt casting we've talked about in the past when we reference stunt casting, how the one good thing about stunt casting can be that it draws people to theatre who otherwise wouldn't go. And I've said before, the sad thing isn't when people go to see an actor they really want to see. The sad thing is when they don't don't come back. You know, they see the actor they liked and they go and they and they are not that that doesn't that doesn't open the door to them to be enthralled by theatre. Mm-hmm. That's the sad thing. So that's the one good thing about stunt casting. The one cre- credit you can give it is that it brings people to theatre who ne- wouldn't have come otherwise. But but uh, even that positive then has a really ugly side, which is you're taking work away from um, people who've actually worked hard to get there. 
mm-hmm. and who frankly would be better. Yeah, and often as well, who have like fewer means to even get by. I know this is quite deep, but like Cuba Gooding Jr. doesn't really need the money, does he? No, absolutely so, not. Um, that's, that's particularly poignant point to make now. After just just know. coming up from from like just reopening right after after. Yeah, when so pandemic. many artists, theater artists, have not been paid. For a year, haven't haven't had work for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, another uh, kind of talking, you know, so sun casting sometimes is casting. So Cuba Gooding Jr. is the was in Chicago was the epitome of pure stunt casting, where the guy has not got the ability nor the talent to do the job, mm-hmm. and he's cast anyway. Um, and then there's other, there's other, there's more minor versions of the, which the, the ver, which is um, when someone technically speaking has might have the ability but it's still being cast because of who they are only. An example of this I would use is Tom Hiddleston in um, in Betrayal. In Betrayal. Um, because, because the thing I always find slightly weird and suspicious about this is that the Pinter season at the Pinter was announced as being seven shows. Yeah, so this is this was uh, two, uh, 2018, I want to say. Yeah. Uh, the Harrow Pinter t- Theatre, as we were talking about it before, uh, it did a Pinter season mm-hmm. and they put on all of his plays, all of no, his, all of his no. short plays, all of his short plays. All Sorry, short all of his short plays. plays I think, yes. Yeah. So we, so there was, it was seven, um, seven plays, seven, seven visits to the theater with different, with several yeah. little plays. And some, them. some of the productions were two one act plays, which you know were so each half, each each half of the of the show was one play, and other ones were like five or six ten minute plays. Yeah, this was the Jamie, Jamie Lloyd Company actually. Yeah, and it was uh, fantastic. And in fact, um, this is lots and lots and lots of big names. Yeah, in, 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 in even Danny Dyer. Yeah, and he was actually quite good. He was actually quite good. Oh yeah, Martin Freeman was in it as well. Martin Freeman was um, in it. Danny Dyer knew Martin Harold Freeman Pinter is also well. very good. But um, uh, but funny enough, David Suchet I thought was one of the weakest actors in the entire run. There you go. Um, and we've seen him. We actually so, we've seen something else. I didn't like him. In yeah, either, really. so so uh, he's a good Poirot. Given that he's a good Poirot. Um, so and then they added. So towards the end of that season, they announced betrayal. Yeah, it was, which an, is it was, a, it was announced as seven as seven shows. Uh, yes, and then they announced betrayal, which is a full like, it's, a, it's a full length play. Yeah, that's with, exactly. Which uh, with Tom Hiddleston, um, Charlie Cox, I Charlie believe, Cox. who played um, what's his name? I, I don't uh, know. Daredevil. Daredevils. Daredevils. Yeah. Daredevil. Uh, and Zoe Ashton as well, who's pretty popular here in the UK because she's done Fresh Meat, uh, which is a Channel Four comedy. So uh, it's only it's only three. Uh, is it three Zoe characters. Ashton? Yeah. I thought it was something else. Oh, I think so. it's Zoe. Well, oh, okay, anyway. Um, yeah, that, that's the point. That's the point I'm making, right? It was announced as a seven show run, uh, and then halfway through, suddenly there was an eighth show. It was also meant to be short his short plays, and then suddenly the eighth show was a full show. Yeah. I'm ninety nine percent sure that Tom Hiddleston met Jamie Lloyd in a coffee shop and went, "Oh, I would have loved to have done." One of those Pinter shows. Oh, can we? Can you, will you do one for me? Um, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> well, it, it felt very much. I mean, oh, the whole kind of staging. It was actually the weakest one by far of it all was, of them. It was trash. You could see it wasn't trash, but it was the Sorry, weakest it was, one. It was. Yes, it, but it was trash compared. It was so bad compared <laughs> to the rest of them. Yeah. So I think the. I, I think. Uh, I was bored. Pin, I love Pinter, and I was bored. There's a lot of. There uh, wasn't even tables. They put their drinks on the floor. Like I, I like it was there was no it there was, was no set there was no b- proper blocking there was no staging it was gen it was bad it was a bad production and the performances were flat I just didn't care yeah, it Chris, was Chris doesn't have strong opinions <laughs> oh my God, but yeah so, so I think bad. I think uh, especially having seen the other plays uh, in the season and how well thought they were 
you know, there was a lot of thought put into uh, those performances and the, and, and the set designs and everything. Uh, even when they were quite minimalistic, there was still quite a lot to it. Um, in, in this particular case, in Betrayal, there was there was really nothing. Uh, and this particular, and, and Betrayal was the one as well that transferred to Broadway, obviously because of the cast. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah, they were cast because of who they were. They were not cast because of what they could bring. But I, I don't even think that, I think in this particular situation, it's not even the fact that they can't, they can't act, act because I do think... They Tom can Hill- act, and Tom Hillison is a stage actor. Yes, that's, I... That's I, what I'm saying. Well, he, he technically has the chops, but not he doesn't necessarily have the chops to play that role, and that's the thing. No, and I mean, look, and maybe maybe it was because it was such a... It felt, it felt less, last minute. It felt rushed. It felt very rushed, and I think that's possibly one of the problems. And this was a stunt casting of another type, right, because it was also at the end of the season, so uh, you got people to go see Harold Pinter, which is quite a dif- difficult playwright to uh, see in a way like his plays are not necessarily the easier you know it's not it's not like hairspray that yes you to have, you have to be willing to engage with it on a level on a higher slightly higher level it's one of those they have to be able to kind of come out of the theater saying i didn't get it <laughs> and that's fine yeah you have to be paying attention <laughs> and, and even then or maybe not maybe next time i'll try not to pay attention see what just happens. let it wash over you i don't yeah. think pinter can wash over you becky can though <laughs> anyway this is a different conversation but uh yeah so i think that there's there are some there are some pros and i think theater has gone through some difficult times and i wouldn't blame uh producers uh, especially in small theaters for trying to get big names and trying to try to bring people in the theater uh i do i don't think that i don't think then, for example, I don't think Jamie Lloyd needs to do it because his plays are so popular. Whenever he puts something on, it's just popular, right? Um, well, they're usually quite good as and well. And they're usually very good, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, it's, it's, I think it's a complicated subject and I would be uh, curious to hear your thoughts on it, especially because this is not just... Um, this is not just in the theatre, and I, I believe this happens in Hollywood as well, that people get roles because they're famous. It's a bit like, you know, when you're seeing that, you know, the big brother guy in the film, when there are so many more competent people that could be doing that role, you know, could be playing that role. And I think that's uh, definitely the case. Uh, it does happen, and um, it does happen in theatre as well, and it's a little bit sad, I think, when that happens. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Jamie Lloyd has a habit of cast of stunt casting, doesn't he, really? But he gets, well, he gets he, big he got, actors. He got James McAvoy to do. He's, he worked um, with James McAvoy several Cyrano. times. Yeah, but he's he's done, he got, he's done Macbeth as well. Amelia um, Clark was going to do the Seagull, which I think she still might do. I'm not sure if that's oh, still yes. going ahead. Yes, yes, and Jessica, Jessica Chastain was going to do Doll's House. She's, Jessica Chastain. She's very, she's very <laughs> famous too. <laughs> There's massive gaps in my knowledge of celebrities, <laughs> but yeah. So, so look. But that's not necessarily a problem. I think that's maybe maybe we're just going in circles here. I don't think it's necessarily a problem, especially when you're casting people who are actually actors or actually singers. Well, no, because exactly because if you go too far the other way, then then once you become too famous, you're you're, you're no cast you're no cast you're no longer allowed right. to be cast. Yeah. Um. I mean, because Martin Freeman, uh, was in Pinter. Yes. Uh, he was in the Dunway. I think he's a really good job. And, and he I, did a good and job I in know the third as well, which did. is Jamie Lloyd. I, I, he did, yeah. Mm. And he, I know, I remember seeing on Facebook uh, on random p- people saying, um, tagging each other, because you can see obviously all all comments pretty much if it's just, if it's the theatre, like the Harold Pinter's post of the, advertising the Dunwaiter. Yeah. I saw countless people tagging friends and going, oh my God, Martin Freeman, we, sh- we have to go see him. Right? And that's exactly what they're trying to do. But Martin Freeman 
in my opinion, gets a pass because this is that's what he does, and he does it really well. And it was really um, well so thought it, through so, that so, a particular. Yeah, and he, he and did. It, exactly, and he was the right man for that role. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, so that's not stunt casting. That's a super happy coincidence that the right man for that job is gonna pull loads of people in, and that's the thing, right? I don't think is you might that te- maybe that is it is stunt casting, but, but not it doesn't so happen. But I, different I, types, I right? define stunt casting as when it's when it's different i just def- that's not stunt casting because he's the right man for the job and it's a happy coincidence that he's going to draw lots of extra people in who wouldn't have gone to see it otherwise people who are going to see it just to see martin freeman and who don't give a hoot about pinter that's fine because he's the- because 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 then everyone wins right the person who wants to see martin freeman gets to see martin freeman and me who wants to go see a brilliant production of a pinter play gets to see a brilliant production of a pinter play the problem is when you cast cuba gooding jr and people who want to see him just stand on a stage get to and people like me who wanted to see a competent production of Chicago end up feeling like they wasted their money. Yes. That's the issue. That's when stunt casting goes wrong. Yes, I agree. I don't think I have much to add to it. I think uh, it's definitely one of those topics topics that we'll come back to at some some point because whenever it's inevitable that people will be announced for roles and we won't be pleased with it or we will be pleased with it and we want to see it and we'll talk about it. You know, because I think, look, I I've seen brilliant. I've seen David Tennant and Catherine Tay together just after Doctor Who in a, in Much Ado About Nothing, and it was absolutely fantastic. They were great together. They have great chemistry. It was just very good, and I love that play. Uh, but then there's the there's the opposite. There's the Cuba Gooding Juniors, you know, yeah. <laughs> out and about, and that's not very good. So, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure we'll come back to it again. I I love again as I said, I'd love to hear uh, your thoughts on it because it's definitely a controversial one. Yes. But it should, that's it. I don't. But I don't think it should be. People should be cast because of, for merit, not because of who they are. Yeah. So I think I think the main problem is when someone who's very talented doesn't get the role because someone who has a million followers on Instagram gets the role, yeah. and that's that. That's that's a- where and it hurts. that happens, and that's not good, and that's a bad thing, I think. But yeah. do let us know what you think if you agree um, or disagree. Um, Restricted view as always. Give us a comment and let us know what you think about stunt casting. Have you been disappointed by stunt casting? Have you been pleasantly surprised by stunt casting? Uh, yeah, I'd be very interested in your opinion. Yes. So that's about all we have time for today on the Restricted View podcast. Uh, do make sure you join us next week when we're going to be doing another review. Yeah, because we keep going to shows now. I know. It's just got, a thing that's happening. We, we actually, there's a show we saw a couple of weeks ago, which we still haven't gotten around to reviewing. Yes. Um, because we're, try- we're also trying to review things in the correct order where they're going to be the most helpful to people. Yes, exactly. Um, and this particular show is not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm sure you can wait to hear our thoughts on it. But yes, we're probably going to have reviews in our next, most likely in at least our next three episodes, I would have thought. Yes. So uh, definitely keep an eye out for that. We'll be dropping that next week. Uh, next Monday, we'll be dropping our next episode. Uh, in the meantime, please do make sure you follow us on restricted.view on Instagram. And follow our, our kind of theatre escapades. Yes. We'll be, be going to shows and posting there. Exactly, and uh, and if we do see another, we might end up going to see the next reemerge play Jouvert. Yes. Um, which we would not only be- another week to go. So. Exactly. So we so we, we wouldn't do a full review on that because it wouldn't be helpful to anybody. But we might post a short review again, like we did with Walden, um, mm-hmm. on the Instagram page. Yeah, let us know if that's helpful to you as well, because uh, I know like you're listening to this, but maybe you also kind of like to know what we thought about other plays that we're not reviewing here, so we can. Exactly. Talk about them on Instagram. We can talk about other things as well. Exactly. Any suggestions for things you'd like us to talk about or any questions you have for us? are related mostly. Yes. <laughs> or about our cats. You can ask questions about our cats if you like. <laughs> um, yeah, just stick them, uh, throw them into the comments. That is a show. 
definitely, we could definitely like shoehorn our cat we, yeah in we can make that work yeah and one of, them, one of them even shares a name with a cat from uh from cats so yeah definitely throw in your questions and suggestions into um onto the uh restriction.view on instagram and we will see you or you will hear us next time yes till next time 